This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. By Agro on a pole match. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. McMahon, the family, the rock, they screwed us all. Now you're the editor, right? Yes, Mankind did it! Chappy, chappy, uh, beep, beep. Goldberg steered Russo on the cake. I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is... Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, 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 everybody, to Lions, Tigers, Bands, and Head. I'm Vince Russo. This is the great. Uh, Al Snowman, we are going to get down and dirty today. But Al, today, today is going to be a little different. Yeah, yeah, I can see it already. Yeah, because uh, Jerry Lane is not here. Yeah, I was sensing something missing when uh, we came up on the air. Yeah, he he disagreed with me on something this week, so I had to let him go. Uh, Al, you know, when people disagree with me and don't see things my way, I kind of I kind of got to let them go. You know what I mean? I, I, I you know what, you know, you're I'm a little worried about you. You know, I really am. A little you're concerned. worried about me. I am. I am. I am. I mean, you're out there in Denver, okay? And I get it. You know, you've, you're used to living that hippie lifestyle. <laughs> uh, you know, you went to Woodstock back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Vince. You know, but at some point, man, I mean, you gotta you gotta start to. And I know it's legal out there, but you gotta cut back on the devil's lettuce because clearly, you know. <laughs> Al, do you want to know something? Do you know how many times I am so in? Bro, look, Al. Yeah, yeah. I got Janis Joplin tattooed. I am so into that era yeah. of the 60s and psychedelic and peace, love, and understand. I always say, man, I wish I was, you know, like in 18, 19, 20 during the 60s, bro. You got to stop reliving it. I mean, t- yeah. stop tripping on the shrooms and things like that. <laughs> I listen out. It's not going to do you any good. You know what I mean? Al, listen. Me and you today. Batusi. Yeah, the Batusi, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Me and you today are going to have a conversation that's been a long time coming. Uh, I'm trying to have that right now. No, no. We're going to – no no videos today, no, no news, no headlines today. No. No, no. videos. No, we'll, we'll save them all up. We, we got them all saved all right. up in archives. All right, because there are some good ones. Trust me. Yeah, I know there are, but today is a discussion. That's been a long time coming. All right. It's television television show versus infomercial. You can't I can't even believe that you cannot still comprehend this. We need we need to really spend time just on this. Because let me I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna be so totally honest with you. Right, yeah. Bro, you are probably Man, bro, the 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 mind I respect the most 
in the entire business. No, like no question about it. And bro, you know, listen, man, I still, you know, like this close mind, Stevie Richards, you know, Ben Hameen, all these guys, but you, you know, like everything you say uh, now, now listen, I I didn't want to say this to embarrass you on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. but the lions drinking the Kool-Aid. All right. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I believe what Al Snow says. What do you mean Lions drinking the Kool-Aid? Sure is not drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, well, he believes I'm everything. I'm not serving Kool-Aid down here. I'm kidding, bro. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm the devil's lettuce. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the devil's lettuce. Okay, so like I – like 99.9% of everything you say I am so on board with. Okay. Except this 1.001%. Yeah. So I am going to let you take the floor first. Okay. Get it all out there. Put it all out there. I'm going to listen to every word you say, non-interrupted. Good. And then I want to state where I come from, and then we can go from there. Sure. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. So when uh, back at the advent of television, when it was first brought to the fore front of uh, American culture when it became widespread across the country uh, and they broadcast out of LA and they broadcast out of Chicago. Uh, that was the old, uh, do the original network, mm-hmm. the Dumont network. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had put wrestling on television primarily because they really didn't have any other content uh, at the time that were not, you know, uh, soap operas or comedy shows or variety hours uh, because television was so brand new. It was, you know, that, so they didn't have any producers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wrestling was a very uh, TV friendly product uh, content wise because it, one, it was very inexpensive to produce and still is in comparison to other television content, it's very inexpensive. Two, you really didn't need, you could tell legitimately, even this to this day, you can tell a whole story with one camera. You you don't need multiple cameras. They help, mm-hmm. uh, you know, much, you know, and uh, help tell the story to a much greater degree, but you really just needed one camera to, to be able to really get an audience involved. Um, for the wrestling promoters prior to that, you know, the way that they would be able to promote their product, product being the wrestlers themselves operated in a very simple fashion. And that was, they would promote the show itself via through handbills, posters, uh, much like circuses. And they developed techniques. Like if you ever pay attention, like, uh, circuses will find a, uh, blank fence, piece of fencing, and they'll poster the whole fencing, and what they purposely do is they will lead, turn one poster upside down, and that's psychologically so it brings you, it catches your attention, and then you pay attention to the whole fence. You don't even really realize that you're doing it, and that's why they do it. When you were a wrestler, and you were, and your objective was, especially when you first started out, and that hasn't changed, you wanted to get on the live events. You wanted to get on the the uh, the shows, because again, this is prior to wrestling getting on TV. It's the only thing that you can. And 
the reason you did was because by getting on the card itself, it gave you an opportunity to be in front of an audience and thus sell your product, which was you. Because each and every time, still to this day, when you as a wrestler go to the ring, it's not, it's for you, it's not a wrestling match. For you, it is an opportunity to sell yourself and garner more fans and thus be more responsible for how many people the next show show up to watch and you get paid more because the promoter now has a vested interest in you. And that's why you get featured more on the card and et cetera. And if you, as a wrestler, understand that concept, that the wrestling match is your commercial to sell yourself, you will be more successful. Mm-hmm. If you approach it like, for instance, and I, I say this whenever I do seminars, if I come to you, like the way that it works now, everyone thinks that they're entitled because they're like, well, I wrestle, so therefore I pay. Like they're performing a task, all right? And that's not how entertainment works. So let's imagine, okay, you know, they, they you know, let's say you're going to get paid $100 for a 10-minute match, right? Well, what if... Because you're, we agree, a wrestler is an entrepreneur. They're 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 selling the, a product, which is themselves. Right. Correct. Yep. Okay. Let's say that uh, you invent a toaster. All right, and you you know you've got it's very special. It's you know you've come up with something new. Going to get toast in three seconds instead of you know a minute. All right, and it's going to be put, done perfectly. Now you got to, you've got to sell your toaster to make money. Mm-hmm. But the only way you can sell it is if you get a, you have to do a commercial. You have to advertise. That means you're going to have to pay to sell your product. So if if the re, if the wrestling business really worked like the rest of the regular business world, technically when you first start out, I shouldn't be paying you. You should be paying me. Mm-hmm. So that you get the opportunity to be put in front of an audience and allow yourself to sell your product. So I always ask the talent now, if instead of me paying you $100 for this 10-minute match, what if you had to pay me $100 for this 10-minute match for the opportunity to be on the show and for you to be able to sell your product? And if you do it well, you're going to make your $100 back and who knows what. If you had to pay for the time, what would you change about how you would perform tonight? What would you leave out? What would you focus on so that you knew that you could effectively sell the uh, the product and motivate more people to come back? Because that's a large reason. That's why I say a large reason why the talent behave in the manner that they do now is one, they've lost touch with that. It's a commercial and opportunity to sell their product. Mm-hmm. And two, they have also they're not their objective is not to use it as a commercial to sell their product. It's it's to sell their moves. So if they were more concerned, it was their money that they were spending and investing. What would they change? And believe me, that would dramatically change a lot of the conversations we have on the right. show. Right. So back to the promotion. So 
the wrestling promotion, the wrestling promoter had one way to be able to sell his products, and that was to, to first get some people in the building to then go out and tell everybody else, hey, you got to come back and see this product. Once the advent of television came, the, it originally was where and it, it has changed in the sense that originally wrestling uh, uh, television stations did not pay wrestling promoters to put their product on their local, on their television. They used it as content and the wrestling promoter used it as, are we ready? A commercial to sell their product to an audience. And then thus, you know, of course, as the evolution went, it started, they started developing uh, angles and storylines to help, drive even more interest and more attendance uh, and involvement from the audience. And um, and then it, those became more sophisticated over time. And it came, it started to develop into what looked like, it appeared like a television show. But at the end of the day, it's still primarily first and foremost a venue to sell the product, thus still making it a commercial. If, and it's a, a, like we said, the evolution since that time, because it went through, and this was all, a lot of it, honestly, was all directly due to Vince. Up until the 80s, most of the television stations and didn't pay wrestling promoters, and the wrestling promoters didn't pay the television stations for the time. Because it was a very synergistic relationship. You know what I mean? They got the content. Wrestling promoter got the time. Sell his product. Make his money off the live events. The live events operated, which then drove interest in the television show, which then allowed the television station to sell the television time at a greater rate, et cetera, et cetera. Went back and forth. Okay? Then started going through and in, in the War of 84, and he started you know, acquiring television time in other areas. And in order to do that, he came in and was like, Hey, I know you're giving this to so-and-so down the street for free. I'll pay you. The television stations were like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I'll pay you for the time because Vince was doing what he wanted his television program in that market. So he could advertise his product. Thus, he knew it was a commercial and he was willing, like you do with the toaster, he was willing to pay to buy the commercial time. Television is like, this is great. We get the content and you pay us. And that was when the worm turned and that led to where we are today, where a lot of television stations still expect that the, the wrestling promoter will pay for television time, even though they conversely get, you know, content. And then it evolved further to where the wrestling program again now became a prominent part of television content to where now the wrestling or the television providers started paying for the content. Case in point, USA Network, hey, we're doing a billion and some odd deal to keep the rights to air USA, you know, uh, uh, WWE. Uh, AEW paying 
you know, or uh, TNT, TBS paying AEW to acquire the rights, you know, to air AEW. Yes, that and and in that sense, it is a television show. But also, but with but it is still at the end of the day for both the talent and the promoter. It is primarily a commercial to sell the product because without it, wrestling is not going to. It's not going to exist. You can't because you can't. You won't be able to reach an audience to sell them to invest and want to watch the wrestler themselves. It is. It, it is no ifs ands or buts. It's a commercial, it, and you have to have that mindset both as a talent and as a as a promoter that when you are producing a wrestling show that yes, you're trying to produce a, an entertaining show, but you're trying to do so. That's no different than when progressive, they try to make very entertaining commercials with flow. And now they've got all these additional characters over the years, but they're only trying to do those entertaining commercials for one reason. And really you could argue that those 30-second progressive commercials have developed into their own television show. You know, the, some of them have the, you know, they if you watch them, they literally have angles where they're played out over a couple different episodes of commercials. You know, they have a theme or a storyline, and they, you know, with the characters. They do that, though, for one thing, to sell you car insurance, for you to want to watch the commercial so that you will pay attention to it. That's it. A television show... All right. Like uh, when it was, in, you know, when it, the old variety from the day, even from those initial days to now, a television show itself is 100 percent purely content placed on the television broadcast airwaves that the television provider can now take parcels of that television time and sell them to sponsors who want to advertise on it. So in that set, that way, it, wrestling is different because the television show itself is not selling you anything, just allowing you to be entertained. In wrestling, make no mistake, every second of that television, that, that show is on television, they are trying to sell you the wrestlers themselves. And the wrestlers should be out there trying to sell themselves to you, the live audience, and the audience that's watching element on television because that that is what it is the format is designed to be a commercial it's a commercial disguised within a television show whereas a television show is done and produced to be a form of entertainment that allows you to take and put commercials into the to sell a product to an audience. I think that, first of all, I do not disagree with one thing you said. But I think where I'm coming from is that last thing that you said. And that last thing that you said, and I think this is where I've always been coming from, and and I, I kind of think we're saying the same thing. Bottom line is, as a te- as a television writer of wrestling, which I did for a long time, I had right. one goal and one goal only, Al. One goal. Right. I wanted as many people to watch this product as possible. Period. Period. Right. And and I told Vince McMahon straight out, if right. I don't achieve that, I expect to be fired. 
So that is my goal. My, basically, if you look at it this way, you know, you, you, Vince, you have two hours of television time. You need to get us as many eyeballs as possible. Okay, no problem. With that being said, I think it's kind of what you just said. The way I looked at it is it is no doubt a television commercial. However, the more it looks like a television show, the more people are going to watch, the more people that watch, the more people that are going to buy your product. And that's what I think the problem is today, Al, and I think it's come full circle in in 25 years. Al, when I started writing there, it was a wrestling commercial. Make no doubt about it. And, you know, I always refer to it as the wrestling bubble. It was, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, and they were more or less presenting a 1970 product. And and the first thing I said to Vince is, Vince, here's the first thing we got to do, bro. We've got to mirror society. We, we've got to bring this show into the 1990s. We've got to make people believe that, you know, this, this is real. And if that means there's an edge to it, whatever that means. So, Al, I swear, at that point, man, th- th- see, people get confused with the rating and total audience all the time you know back then bro we would get the we would get the rating and what people don't understand al is if the rating is a 1.8 what that means is out of all the televisions that were on that night during your time slot 1.8 percent of the people were watching your show Right. Uh, and, and, and the audience, what the, the audience number would be higher. <laughs> Al, when, when, when I started and we had the, the goons and the Freddie Joe Floyds and the TL hoppers and all this, and, and so much was happening in the world that the, the casual fan just could not buy into this, bro. I think, I think we were at like a 1.8. What we did through television was we used all the tools of television to make this commercial appear like a television show. And, and, and the tools were, you had characters, you know, just like you had characters on friends every week, you had storylines, you had plots, just like you would have every week on CSI, but the format was really key. You had an opening segment. You had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Everything was interwoven throughout the entire show. There was a way you went into commercials. There was a way you came out of commercials. And, of course, to me, the probably most important thing in the book, bro, that has totally been forgotten, the cliffhanger at the end of the show. When when you have a period at the end of your wrestling show, you're not giving them any 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 reason to tune in next week. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. If there is a cliffhanger, 
Now I got to tune. Why they do that no more, bro, is so <laughs> totally beyond me. What I'm saying, Alice, is exactly what I'm saying, and I think we're on the same page. I am not going to argue that this is is not a commercial. But what I'm saying is what I what I think it needs to be is a commercial that the people don't see as a commercial. They see it as a television show, but it's having the same effect as a commercial. Correct. I agree. Like, I don't disagree with you. It is a, it is a commercial wrapped up in a television show is what it is. But it's so important that everyone never forget that, that everyone that's within the wrestling business understands that it is a commercial period. Like the wrestlers themselves now view it simply as a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it exists in its own little bubble. It only serves one purpose, which is for that moment that they're in the ring, that it glorifies them. Nothing else. It doesn't do any other kind of business. They don't see the bigger picture of how this can be utilized to, you know, make everyone look better. You know, I think we talked about John Cena at one point, that that interview that, you know, clip that he had where he was talking about when he faced Brock Lesnar and Brock had just beaten Undertaker and, you know, and, you know, John Cena's like, look, look, no, tonight's your night. If we go out there and we have a 50-50 match or anything other than what we're going to do, it's going to ruin you, Bray breaking the streak tonight's not my night you know that's that's a viewpoint that's been lost and uh, because he he understood the value of the commercial they were selling the product that they were selling which was if we can elevate and sell brock well now that gives us all something to aspire to and then once we beat him it elevates us that much more because it all comes down to at the end of the day selling the product the product being the wrestlers you know how you go about doing it, I don't care, but you've got to do that. And they, and from the wrestling st- wrestler standpoint, they've lost that thought process. From the writer's standpoint, they never have understood it because unlike yourself, they have come in from a different venue, a different avenue, a different medium other than wrestling. And so they have a different mindset. They do look at it as if and treat it and write it as if it's a television show. And that's where they don't, they don't understand the concept of building heat, heat being an interest, a want, a need, a desire to tune in next week to that. Then that heat generates more heat that then motivates the audience to leave their homes and drive to an arena and pay to park, pay to get into the building, and then pay to sit in a shitty seat, packed in like sardines, uncomfortable around other people you don't want to sit around, to pay for food you don't want to eat, to watch these wrestlers do their job. That is an incredibly challenging proposition. Mm-hmm. But... And that's what, and it is probably one of the most difficult jobs to do. You know, it is difficult and it has been difficult and always been a challenge throughout the decades, not just now when, oh, they've got so many options. They always have had options. 
and one of the main options that 99% of the population loved to partake in more than anything else, Vince, and that was in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, was I want to sit my ass home and not go anywhere, not do anything, because by nature, we're complacent and we're lazy. So we don't, you know, so to get us for any, any type of medium, any type of entertainment to, one, compete for the audience's attention, and two, to then motivate them to take action, that's hard. That's incredibly hard. And that's why it's, it's, I make such a conscious effort to try to explain the philosophy behind that hasn't changed. This concept that I, you know, of the, well, you know, you like chocolate, I like vanilla. Well, we all like ice cream. This isn't a chocolate vanilla thing. You know, understanding and knowing that the the television content is, like you said, you couldn't have, I couldn't have said it better, is it's a television, television show, but it's a commercial wrapped in a television show. And you've got to be able to perform it in such a manner. Otherwise, you're going to lose the most important aspect of your television show. Because let's face it, other television shows, their their content of their television show is an actor, an actress, uh, a cast. You know what the content of ours is? The fucking audience. Yeah. Well, if you won't motivate them to come... It, it may be Raw, it may be SmackDown, it may be WrestleMania, but it ain't going to be Raw, and it ain't going to be SmackDown if that building don't look like it's full. Al, let me ask you this. Listen, man, I was a writer. That's yeah. all I was. And, bro, I started, you know, like, you know, got my foot in the door in about 1991. We're, we're in 2023. So, bro, I have parlayed my writing career into a – my, you know, I, 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 I've parlayed it into a 30 plus year career. Okay. This right. is how I still make a living to this day. And thank God I don't have to go work for one of these companies. Okay. Sure. Bro, listen, we see it on this show that we do every Tuesday night. We see it. That dream, the right. WWE being the be all and the end all. Now, Al, if, 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 if I'm going back in time and I am Shira. Yeah. Okay, I am going to know whether whether I'm Shira, Hallie J, Cash, it don't matter. Here's the first thing I'm going to know. Here's the first thing. I, Hallie J, I'm sorry. Here's the first thing I'm going to know. I'm going to know this one. I'm going to know first, bro. I've got a window here. This window could end in a month, a year, 10 years. I have no idea. But the greatest gift I have here is my branding. Now I am going to be on a WWE stage and I'm going to realize and understand the day is going to come when I'm not going to be on that WWE stage and I'm going to have to make a living on my own. So while I am on that stage and why when I am getting that commercial time for free, I am going to make the most out of that. So, you know, five years when I get future endeavored, bro, I could start my own podcast. I could go work indies. I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. That's my mindset. But it's not now. That's what I want to ask you. What, what, what is it now, Al? I really want to understand. What is it? Be famous. 
be famous, and what does that mean to them? They don't know. Wow. They don't know. And and for two reasons. One, uh, no one's teaching these things. I mean, quite honestly, here's, here is the typical, uh, it's about a 12-week course, uh, which I don't, I understand that. That's just to learn the basics, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But typically, hey, we're going to get in there, we're going to teach you how to bump, uh, you know, how to control yourself. You know, they don't even teach, they don't explain that you're not learning how to land, you're learning how to control yourself so that you land the same way every time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to learn how to take a front bump and a back bump. Uh, once we learn that, going to lock up. Going to teach you some wrestling holds, some pinning combinations, a couple of reversals, simple things. And now you're going to learn to hit the ropes. And as soon as you're going to learn to hit the ropes, you're going to learn to take a tackle. You're going to learn to do a hip toss off the rope. You're going to start to learn, to, and then you're going to string three or four moves together. We're going to call it a high spot, even though it's not. It's a sequence. And then we're going to... Uh, start making your wrestle matches. Uh, you're, you're, you know, you're the heel, you're the baby face, you know, go to it. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, and then you're going to practice on your own, how to throw a punch, uh, or a forearm. You're going to, you know, and you're going to, you're going to basically, we're going to give you this very rudimentary paint by numbers, uh, step by step, seven step formula that you can follow, uh, to be able to understand how to put a match together. All right, uh, and then you're done. You're good. Um, wish you nothing but the best. Congratulations. All right, All right. Uh, that's the extent of the education, you know. And um, they don't they don't go any further. They don't go any deeper. They, you know, um, and it, it's just unreasonable to believe, you know. And then that stunts uh, a, a person's efforts in trying to achieve success in the wrestling business. The, the wrestler themselves have gotten in. They have a lot of times are going to go with whatever the cheapest is and the quickest route is. And because they have the fanciful, fanciful idea in their head that what they see on TV that, and what they do on the video games that, you know, that they're going to be able to be, you know, live that fantasy like a reality uh, immediately. They don't have to invest in, in themselves in any manner as far as time, money, or effort, as far as proper gear, as far as a, you know, being in a certain level of physical condition. And I don't mean from an aesthetic or cosmetic, but I mean literally in a certain level of athletic physical condition to where you are safe enough with yourself and another human being when you get in the ring. They're not in that place. Uh, and and they're not going to be pushed to do it when they get into the training place. Once they get out into the wrestling world, they're not doing this for a living because let's face it. I mean, it's, it's very, it would, even if there were places to do it, it's very challenging to do it, you know, for a living and then nothing else. So as a result, you never develop the mindset that, wrestlers used to have right out of the gate, which was, Hey, I need to work. Cause if I don't work, I don't get paid. And if I don't, if I don't work my way up the card and make myself into some kind of an attraction on that card, I'm not, I'm going to stay down here making shit money and I'm going to be eating food off the engine of my car that I heated up because I just can't afford to do anything else. 
So out of necessity, necessity drives mm. that creative energy to motivate you to develop a persona, a character, a, a technique that helps drive an audience to want to pay to see you. That's gone. That system of, of development is gone. That understanding so that when you when you used to in the day, you would get to a platform such as a WWE, you walked in there knowing I've got to do everything I can to be the guy at the top. I've got only got a window so long to where I'm going to be able to make this kind of money. And I better make as much as I can make as quick as I can make it because I never know when it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And that come, came from the that mindset came from all of that experience of living hand to mouth on, you know, working your way up. It's gone. So it doesn't but, but Al, is, isn't a lot of what we're talking about, bro, isn't a lot of what we're talking about common sense? I, I'm not going to be able to wrestle forever. I can get hurt at any time. I mean, that's not the way, I mean, because we talk about, you know, a very true, you know, uh, uh, and I never viewed it as that either when, when I was younger, a very true aspect of wrestling. And that is every time you walk to the ring, there's a percentage of a chance. Right. You could suffer a life altering, literally could right. or a life ending injury. You, you don't think in that manner. You don't think in those terms, especially when you're younger, you know that when you're young, you're invulnerable and you know, there's no end to things. You know, you don't realize that, you know, there is a window and a lifespan to everything uh, when you're younger, you know, uh, you know, and, and when you're up there on the, that big a platform, you know, some of them get lost in just wanting to be on that plat, you know, on in WWE. And now I've made it, I'm successful, you know, but you, but if you use it right, yeah. you, you're going to be successful for like you, to your point, you're going to be successful for the rest of your life. You know, you're going to be able to parlay that into, you know, a career that doesn't just begin and end with WWE. That is going to continue on and you're going to be able to make yourself into attraction and a draw that that can exist beyond the walls of WWE. Your objective these days really should be how can you make yourself so much of a draw that when you walk into WWE, you're so much of a draw that will, that they agree to allow you to keep your original intellectual property because you had it so firmly established on such a level that they now want you to keep it so they can capitalize on it. Yeah. So that when you walk out of WWE, you retain that identity because there's nothing worse than being AKA also known as, or formerly known as yeah. or on any kind of advertising. It just, it don't work. Yeah. You know? So that for these younger talent these days, that should be their objective is that they should be utilizing this time that they're on their route to getting to a place like WWE that they, they are able to create a brand and a persona and a, identity that is already such a draw that one, it draws WWE's attention and wants WWE to bring them to WWE to capitalize on that 
And two, that it's so strong that WWE ain't going to change that persona identity because they, they already know there's an audience there that they want to be able to market to and then build off of. And that gives that talent the ability to go, that's my original intellectual property. When I walk out of here, I'm still going to be that identity and that persona. You know, it's uh, it's ironic, Al, because today we still have a good percentage of wrestlers that are independent contractors. Okay, bro, color. Yeah, we. Are. Well, that, that, and, and think of how just basic and ironic this is. If I am an independent contractor, mm-hmm. I want to be in charge and in control of my brand. What what percentage of them are? But the WWE is in control of you and control. How would you walk through that curtain? But but they they allow that is what I'm saying. They the wrestlers. Yeah, the wrestlers allow that. They don't know. They don't know. The wrestlers have been literally bullshitted into believing. You spout it sometimes yourself. Uh, The writers, Vince, it's not, it is, uh, it has not changed. It never will. The wrestling business has been and always will be the wrestler's business. And the reason it is, is because it can't exist without them because they are the product. And, and, and they believe, they definitively believe because of course that absolves them of any responsibility. If it if there's failure, if there's any success, Oh, I did it. I did it. If there's any failure, they get to point the finger at the writing. They get to point the finger at Vince McMahon. They get to, I did it. I, and it was the wrong thing to do. And it, it ruined a lot of opportunities I otherwise would have had and could have capitalized on. I didn't take the responsibility of myself. That was my fault. And you can walk out there and you can be anything you want to be to the, whatever degree you want to be it. As long as you know, but you, it, it, but you got to make sure it's good that it that, that it works that it does business. Yeah. That's that's your responsibility. But you can do it. You know what I mean. You've got the freedom to do it. You just, they're just not doing it. Bro, and it is fault is that? Yeah, I, I, I swear to God, more concern, Vince. Yeah. More concern about you know, our work rate and the quality of our match. Yeah. And if we blew a spot or something, oh heaven forbid! Instead of did I get myself over? Al, you know, you know what blows me away? I'll never forget this because this is such a lost freaking heart, bro. Bro, I swear to God, 99% of the time when I showed up at television, okay, uh-huh. here's the first thing that would happen. I would be approached by The Rock because The Rock had to give me his latest catchphrase that he came up with this week. Yeah. So. Bro, this guy is speaking all week of a new catchphrase because it's his. He brands it. And most importantly, the dude is thinking, how many T-shirts will that sell? That's, bro, that's gone today. And I don't understand that because at the end of the day, Al, it's a business and it's all about dollars and cents. Guys like The Rock, guys like Steve Lawson, again, remember when they came in yeah they came in and they were making nothing or next to nothing and the only guarantee they had was that they had an opportunity to put themselves further up the card to try to draw more money that they would get a percentage of there was that hunger 
that desperation out of that experience. Al, you know why that is, you, you know why that is so true. I just I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got to point this out. Y- you know, Steve had a lot of heat with Jeff Jarrett. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I really, I, I, I tried to get in his head and figure out where this was coming from. Came from when he worked Jerry Jarrett's territory. Bro, right hand to God, Steve finally one day opened up to me and literally told me when he worked for Jerry Jarrett, bro, he was eating boiled potatoes every night. That yeah. was all he could afford. Yeah, people think that when I talk about stuff like that, you know, um, you know, cooking, putting Boy Scout mess kit with muffler tape on my car so I could heat up food like Vienna sausages and things. You know, keep in mind, back in the day, Vienna sausages cost like twenty five cents for a can. Right. You know, that was all I could eat. That was all I could afford. Yeah. I couldn't afford to eat anything else. Eating boiled potatoes because you couldn't afford anything else. Yeah, that's how. Guys lived and, you know, and they, they had to survive, you know, and then you get a chance. Of course, Dwayne grew up with his dad and, and in the business and going, I guarantee there were territories where when they weren't, you weren't, you know, when the territory wasn't making money, you weren't making money. Right. But you had to stay in the territory and you had to keep going to the shows so that you could continue to advertise yourself, hoping that you would catch on so you could draw money and make, right. you know, pull yourself out. Right. You know, they don't get that. It's the starving actor. I mean, that's that's what you're talking about. It's the starving actor who's working at the diner, Jennifer Aniston. I mean, that's what it is. But the, now it's shifted. Now we all firmly believe and they and we have talent that will will back this up, you know, that'll go, yeah, you wrestled, you deserve to get paid. No, you don't. You deserve to get paid on the basis of how many people you motivated to watch you wrestle. Yeah, your Not value. Your you value. Wrestle. Right. What's your value? Your value is how many people potentially will buy a ticket to see you. Right. That's your value. No, no matter how much people cry and complain, oh, you're just saying it because you're now a promoter. No, that was how I was brought into this business. That is how it up. Op- that is how acting works. That is how. Music works. That is how comedy works. That's how I do those stand-up comedy shows. I go. I don't have any guarantee. I don't. I'm not going. I'm going to walk in there, and I'm only going to do. I'm only going to get paid how many people showed up. That's it. That's what I do. Why? Because I'm literally building the name within the comedy world. So I'm not expecting or not like I'm entitled to get paid. Well, you went and did a comedy show. You should get paid. No, I'm not. I didn't. The comedy club did not employ me. They didn't come in and go, hey, we need, we're going to pay you X amount per an hour for you to do comedy for an hour. That that wasn't the agreement. It was, we'll give you the stage. You see how many people will show up to see you. That's how it works. And the, the reason I get booked in a comedy show, it's not because they think, oh, well, that Al Snow's funny. They think, oh, Al Snow has a name with an existing audience that will potentially allow us to draw people into the club so we can make money. We'll book him. Right. Otherwise, it don't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's how and people think this is Walmart. Wrestlers now today have been brainwashed into believing, one, they're employees, and they're not. I don't give a shit what anybody says. 
in, in WWE, yeah, on that level, they're still not an employee. I don't care, but they should be entitled to certain things because the company is putting on certain responsibilities on them that they should then compensate them for that are going over and above the typical wrestler-promoter relationship, which is a business partnership. Mm-hmm. They're now putting other responsibilities on them that now, hey, you should get something in return. Good for you. That doesn't mean that you're an employee because you're not. Yeah. You know, if you're on this level, you are certainly not an employee. And, you know, and this isn't Walmart, and you're not going to get something because you feel you're entitled based on your time served. If I hear one more wrestler sit there and go, well, I've been doing this for X amount of years, so I should be this, blah, blah. I'm going to puke because, for one, the and I told this young girl uh, last week, so I gave up this, I gave up, whoa, 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 no, you didn't didn't give up anything. I am so tired of hearing wrestlers walk around like it's a cross they have to bear and not acknowledging the fact that they made a conscious decision to want to pursue this. No one drove to your home, put a gun to your head and said, you have to be a professional wrestler. You chose to do it. So therefore, because you chose to pursue your passion, you've never actually sacrificed anything or gave anything up. Oh, I know. Oh, you don't know. Yeah, I do know because I've been doing it for 41 years. And if you want to talk about sacrifices, if I wanted to coin or phrase them that way, trust me, I've got a list. But I didn't because I made a choice. And every choice you make in your life has a cost. It has a price. That's not a sacrifice. That's simply a toll that you have to pay. Mm-hmm. And you have. And if you're willing to, to pay the toll, then stop bitching. Quit complaining. And just because, I, you know, I, today I've been doing this for 41 years. But I'm not entitled to anything. I'm not entitled to respect. I am entitled to the opportunity to do exactly what you're doing, which is to earn my spot on the show each and every time I walk out there, period. And to help motivate more of an audience to pay to see the, all of us. That's what my my job is. I'm, doing it. I'm not entitled to it. That is absurd. And, I, and I'm so sick of hearing these people whine and, and literally moan about I'm entitled to this I deserve this well I wrestle for you I should get paid one you're not that good and two nobody came to see you do it so therefore if there's no people in the building that means there's no money which means it's not like I walked out of there with a ton of money and you didn't get any it's I want to make money and you didn't make it for me because that's your job and they they don't get it anymore. And it's I'm so tired, and it, I'm so tired of this sanctimonious BS from all of the wrestlers about well you wrestled you should get paid. Uh, here's my rate. This one can come in for. What? Yeah, you've got rate. Yeah, I don't leave the house unless I get that. Well, you better have a great Netflix subscription. Let me tell you something because you ain't gonna be leaving the house. Yeah, and Al, it's fascinating because I mean, th- this is what I love about uh, uh, wrestlers. Um, you, you see that on wrestlers. Yeah. I, we, we, I've seen a few times, you know, them asking for money, and if if they're not getting the money, it's obviously because it's not there. <laughs> like Al Snow is not ripping you off if you're not getting That's the money. Right. I, I don't go look in the go look right. at the audience. Right. Do you see people in this building? Right. No. Well, guess whose responsibility it is to put that here? Right. Yours. 
So if there's one of us failing, it ain't me, it's you. Because my job, my job is to do everything I can to make you look like a star in spite of yourself. Right, right. My job is to make you on TV an attraction in spite of you. Yeah. Your job is to take advantage of everything that I do and make yourself a star. And if there are people in this building, guess who's dropping the ball? Yeah. Again, it's just, man, bro, I swear to God, I think wrestling is the one business where, like, all logic just goes out the window. Like, it, it, it just goes out the window. All right. I mean, see, here's the thing. We're going to get into Al's plugs, but that's the funny thing. Like, yeah. Look at, you know, Al is my age. Look at all of the avenue, uh, uh, the the the, the av- avenue of revenue that that Al has created, bro. None of it's guaranteed, right? You know I mean? Right. right. I, I, I've spent all this time and all this right. effort contingent on getting my name back out there. Yeah. You know, doing. All, I literally have been trying to put all this stuff together so that when the Netflix wrestlers came out. Maybe people would then get captivated, interested in me again, and then go after some of these other things, right. these other yeah. projects, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But really, to, quite honestly, I didn't do, and I have never done any of this stuff primarily just for money. I did it because, wow, I want to do that. That's going to be a creative outlet for me to make thing, you know, to make something that's going to last beyond me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I get the opportunity. I've gotten opportunities, you know, to be in video games as a video game character, which financially can be profitable. Same time though. How cool is that? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Can't can't take that away from you. You know, that's going to exist long beyond after I'm gone. You get an action figure. It's cool. I mean, let's face it. It's cool to have an action figure, but you know, what's really cool is that I, that will last, I can give that to my grandchildren. I can give that to my great-grandchildren. Hey, look, you're, this is your grandfather, you know? Isn't that weird? You got a toy of him, you know? Absolutely. How many people can say that? You know, I'm in a comic book, you know? Same thing. I, you know, the, as I've gotten older, I've realized how important some of those things are. And that I, even though I've, you know, had led a goofy life, you know, the one thing I am an example to my kids and to my grandkids and to my great-grandkids that you could do anything. Yeah. You know, look at yep. grandpa could do it. Anybody could do it, you know? And, and that, that's really what matters. Yeah. But- I swear to God, Al, I, 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 the one thing, you, you know, because again, man, you ask me and I try to tell these, these kids all the time because it, it, it's not about the money. It's it, you, you could be making all the money in the world and be absolutely miserable. I, I can remember making all this money and just sitting at my table and, you know, being away from the wife and the kids all the time. And I remember, like, literally saying out loud, I, I just want my life back. I remember saying that out loud. But, Al, I swear to God, I was, a, I was a 16-year-old kid. And above my bed, there I had a poster of Gene Simmons yeah. that was shot from the boots up. Yeah, so yeah. He looked like he was about 30 feet tall. And as a 16-year-old, bro, I got so much power from that figure hanging over my bed every night. And, bro, there I was 15 years later producing him. Yeah. And it's it's stuff like that, Al. I mean, that those are the things where you say, wow, man, I I would have never had the opportunity to do something like that. 
if you're if you are in the if you're pursuing your passion, if you are no matter what it is, and then, you know, then you're already in my opinion, you're already successful yeah. when you're, you're you're doing what you want to do. You're yeah. successful. I, this idea that you have to make X amount of money, or you've got to be in WWE, or you've got to be on this, you know, and then you're successful. I think you getting to do what you want to do makes you successful. And, right. and, and I don't see how you can ever fail unless you just quit. I, I really don't understand this whole concept of failure. I really don't like, how can you fail at something if you were enjoying doing it in the first place? Right. You know, oh, Cause you didn't, you didn't reach a goal, but the goal was just to do it. So how did you fail? Right. You know, it's that, that makes any sense to me. I, I've, I've really, the last few years, I've really tried to wrap my mind. Like you always see also like, you know, on social media, you know, all back to the grind, you know, I'm putting in the work. Didn't you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how are you grinding? You know, yeah. you're just doing what you love to do and enjoy. Well, yeah. that's not grind. Yeah. That's fun. You know, that's, that's, that's not work. That's, I didn't, you know, I, you know, I see him at the gym, you know, uh, grind, doing this, doing that, putting in the work. I I don't think I've ever ground anything in my life. You know, I, I go out and work out and I do it because it, I, I enjoy it and it yeah. mentally allows me a release. And even for just an hour, I, I get, you know, can escape and have, you know, a little bit of just me time, yeah. you know, yeah. so, how, did, how am I grinding? Yeah. All right, Al, man. Great, 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 great show. Love hearing all of that. Uh, Al, let's talk about wrestlers. Let's talk about the Academy. Yeah. Let's talk about OVW selling out every freaking single week, man. Let's talk about it. Wrestlers on Netflix, please help us support it. You got everyone's been so awesome. I can't thank everyone enough. Uh, hashtag wrestlers Netflix. We're still... Keeping our fingers crossed for season two, but even if we don't, I mean, season one has been incredible, and that is completely all 100% a testament to the amazing talent of Greg Whiteley and all of his crew. Just um, incredible people, um, incredibly talented, um, and uh, uh, just so grateful that, you know, Greg, who did Last Chance You and Cheer, like he was willing to come here and to be a part of because this project never would have been the same as what it is if it hadn't had uh, Greg as a part of it. Uh, you know, um, unquestionably, undoubtedly. So can't thank him enough. So wrestlers on Netflix, please check it out and spread the word. Tell your friends and family, uh, you know, hashtag wrestlers Netflix on, um, you know, social media. Uh, if you are interested in OVW, you can watch OVW live every Thursday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on Fight TV. It's also on YouTube, but it's not live. And you can see it on a variety of national networks across the country from YTA, Next Level, Action Channel, Game Plus, RCN, Lily Networks, about 100 plus million homes from Canada all the way down to Puerto Rico, Guam, Virgin Islands, and Bahamas. Uh, if you want more information on OVW, you can go to ovwrestling.com. If you're, we didn't get to really update the syllabus this week. Um, uh, next week, I'm sure you'll see a lot more yes. uh, new techniques, new work rate uh, uh, things. 
Um, we've covered a lot of them, but they just keep evolving. Wrestling, yes, unbelievable. Know, like, yes, wrestling just keeps changing every day. You know, and and look, the uh, the requirements for safety of the audience to watch it. They keep changing every day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who cares? You know, yeah. if, if the little girl, seven-year-old girl gets a little color in the audience, hey, good for her. Red means great. So um, she'll get a little extra in her pay envelope because she <laughs> uh, zipped herself. Uh, you can go to ovwacademy.com. You can find out all the information you need on OVW Academy. We're the only actually accredited as an actual trade school for wrestling, professional wrestling, sports entertainment, or broadcasting in the world by the state office of proprietary education. They oversee uh, all of the trade schools and universities and colleges and secondary education. So we're the only ones in the world that have that. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at the real Al snow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever new ones that are coming up. I never got into the Snapchat thing, you know, yeah, so yeah. I don't take that thing at all. A lot of people use that, but I don't, I don't really care about it. Um, and I'm not, you know, running around my wife's back and sending messages that disappear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are uh, interested in stand-up comedy, you can watch my stand-up comedy special on the Premier Streaming Network with David Vox Mullen from the historic uh, Zanies in Chicago. Uh, if you want to see it live uh, next week, uh, October 28th, I will be at the Veterans Memorial Civic Center in Lima, Ohio. Uh, my mother will be in the audience. That's going to get weird. Probably going to have to fight her right there. And she's tough, I'm telling you. Uh, she'll fight. Uh, if you are interested in my comic books, you can go to brokeniconcomics.com. We literally have, coming up uh, in the next 30 days, uh, about two years' worth of material all being published. Wow. Uh, and now, several ballads of Al Snow and Head, and then Adventures with Tommy Dreamer and Scotty Tuhati and a couple other uh, wrestlers. Uh, we're doing a Game of Thrones one with Ricky Steamboat. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. Uh, if you were interested in what I wore on the wrestler show as far as clothing, you can go to collarandelbowbrand.com and uh, check it out there. Uh, if you're interested in me still, even after this podcast, uh, then you can go to amazon.com and you can pick up my uh, biography, Self-Help Life Lessons from the Bizarre Wrestling Career of Al Snow. And I think that was also the, the the Western we can start. Oh, yes, yes. Coming out very soon. I'll be going to the American Film Market next week or uh, the week after uh, to help market my new film, Unnatural, which is a um, supernatural Western. So I get to play a crotchety old cowboy. It was a bit of a stretch, you know. Uh, <laughs> All right. Listen, Al, man, thank you uh, so much for today. And, uh, all that wisdom and just know that uh, me and everybody else listening to this show really appreciate you, bro. Uh, thank you. And hey, listen, back off the devil's lettuce, okay? Yeah, I just, I'll, 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 yeah I'll do that, bro. I'll I know it's it. legal out there, you know, and I know how much you guys love to do that, you know, live that existential lifestyle. Yes. Right? Your, your, yes. your tattoos and all that stuff. Yeah, that whole thing, yeah. All right, I'll say goodbye, man. Goodbye. All right, everybody. There he is, uh, the great Al Snow. I hope everybody enjoyed the show, man. If you, if you are, God, it's like I don't even want to say if you are a fan of the wrestling business because I don't consider my of myself a fan of the wrestling business anymore. I don't, but it's very intriguing to me. The wrestling business is interesting to me. 
Um, not that I'm a fan of it, but uh, man, we are so lucky to have Al on this show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back here same time next week. Take care, everybody.